Hey, um, coming back on um, today, this is the 1st of August, uh, to start the segment on Waging Rage. The pestilence of society warped my thinking, making me more dissatisfied when things was not going my way or when people were not being what I needed them to be for me. I took it as an invitation for battle when people got in my way. It did not matter who they were. I figured if they were bold enough to step in my path and bump me, they were tough enough to get whatever reaction followed. One morning before leaving the house for school, I worked myself up to anger, building a scenario in my head, convincing myself as soon as I walked out the door and onto the sidewalk, Satan's cronies would appear to intimidate me by either forcing me out of the way, speeding up to cut me off, moving over to my side of the sidewalk to force me to move or be hit without saying excuse me. Nothing could remedy the open assault I felt against me. I was obsessing about someone doing just that as I left out of my apartment. Halfway to class, I saw from a distance a Hispanic woman walking in my direction, carrying a newborn baby with a toddler by her side. She was walking on the left side of the sidewalk, which seemed odd because people normally travel to the right, the way that we drive. But I didn't perceive her as a potential threat until I noticed she wasn't moving to the right side. I knew that I didn't move, that I would run into her, and I didn't want to be responsible for her tripping and dropping her baby. So I moved and left to the left side on the other side of the sidewalk but to my surprise she moved with me to the other side of the sidewalk i then knew she was playing with me i was boiling with anxiety fearing when we passed i would not be able to contain my anger and would scream at her for being so benighted i was convinced she was controlled she was being controlled by a demon using her to piss me off She had a robotic expression on her face as she passively passed me, avoiding eye contact, but she was holding on to her children tightly. I couldn't help myself as I said to myself, this is for all the punks dying to curse out little immigrant Maria for constantly putting her baby stroller in our way, dragging her kids along, making it impossible to go by her. As I thought quickly what to say to express my frustration, I remember taking a taxi in Paris where I called a French-African woman a fucking bitch. (laughs) Though she only spoke French, she understood that it was an infuriated with rage. Instead of driving me to my hotel, she drove me instead to the police station. I didn't understand a lick of what was spewing out of her mouth, but I got the reaction that I was going for, and as the yelling turned into a muffled emergency broadcast system tone, I realized you fucking bitch traveled any place, and there was no better place to unleash my poisonous venom than on good old American soil. I infuriatingly screamed it out, pointing an accusing finger while staring directly at her. I was surprised I was wasting all of my energy on that petty moment. On that poor woman who probably wasn't even thinking about me. Yes, I created this entire scenario in a matter of 30 seconds where she went from a mother nursing her young to a four-headed serpent with fangs who began became my mortal enemy. I couldn't take it uh, after back after I regretted cursing that poor Mexican mother out. I went the entire day justifying my actions because it was more digestible than telling my therapist I thought I was going crazy and the devil was after me. I had been living in the Bronx for nearly six months, and it was lear- I was learning to tolerate walking past different ethnic groups each day. 
avoiding an apocalypse of words that would occur for simply looking at someone. Practicing Buddhism was teaching me to strive for internal patience and guidance when dealing with other people. This was a lesson that would take me a little longer to master, especially in living in the Bronx, where I run into inconsiderate homophobic and prejudiced people daily. No group perpetuated this behavior more than Latin people. I questioned their faith in God because they seemed to be missing the memo on human decency. I realized Latin people were too confined to the shapes and the patterns of their own one-dimensional ideas to ever turn ideas into tangible objects of enjoyment, whereby creating their own utopia. I saw them confined to their Catholic theology program to ever feel it necessary to think outside the legalistic parameters that religion imposes on its blind followers. Some of them walk around with a chip on their shoulders behaving passive-aggressively toward me. I cannot put my finger on it what may be causing such an emotional attack of nerves, creating this disturbance within them, making them unabashedful as they lash out aggressively at anyone who challenges their sense of normality. <laughs> I don't know if it's a cultural mechanism against outsiders or tribal mentality or plain ignorance. But no matter if I'm at the gym, the Starbucks, on the train or in class, I'm being offended by their disregard toward people around them. They turn the briefest interaction into an unwanted shouting match where they want to be right almost all the time. But it's never clear what the disagreement is about. I think the more that I consciously consider my faith, the more that I am troubled by the notion that I must learn to love them unconditionally. I was trying to love all human beings, but I cannot avoid the annoyance of crossing their path, feeling unsure if one will try to lash out at me. I did not consider myself racist. I simply dislike people who disregard humanity. In the Bronx, their behavior is egotistical and self-centered, as if they want to dominate the community, only catering to themselves and discriminating against the blacks who live in the same neighborhood. Maybe they dislike my skin color, preferring to value a lighter skin complexion. My frustrations made me think about the Nichiren Buddhist Ekifumi Nakatata, as he struggled with the claws of evil hidden in the death of the human heart itself. This was his only adversary in life and in the truth, the only adversary of humanity. It describes the roots of three poisons, greed, anger, and ignorance. He explains these are the depths of the human heart that needs to be eradicated, ripped out, and sentenced to death. The monotheistic rigid, rigidness in Christianity preaches not to focus on oneself, but to practice being aware instead by attaining awareness of human dignity for humanity. In order to do that, one must first identify oneself as fundamentally human rather than being more a member of a nation, a religion, or a tribe. A lot of ecclesiastical teachings today is more authoritarian, and people understanding of religion is governed by some clergyman or priest opinion and not of each individual life force, making its followers accountable to the religion and not the other way around. Church people have this way of making sins accountable according to society. They don't have any concept of my lifestyle, but they have taken the Bible's story of Sodom and Gomorrah to mean Adam and Eve, Steve, using it to further oppress gay people while having no intentions of saving them rather than they condemn us to hell where we are to suffer for the sins committed on earth. 
I cannot figure out how can people who follow monastic religion make vows yet fall short when treating all humans with dignity, respect, and kindness. Religious people <laughs> miss the mark because their religion is not challenging people to live not by society standards, but by faith. When society dominates religious dogma, people go by their own interpretations, which are viewed with a pair of glasses that are smudged employing selective observation where the blinders are on and the obvious signs are ignored to fit their own lens of the world only seeing a fraction of the whole that leads one no more closer to god than an unbeliever i cannot prescribe that everyone runs circles trying to absorb everyone's religious philosophies however expanse expanding one's knowledge requires nourishing the soul by giving it full range of motion and the flexibility to have unbountiful possibilities to be like God, which improves interpersonal functionings no matter the orientation. I guess this is what we are all striving for, to march toward a time when we can look back and see all that we have accomplished and asking the proverbial question, am I being like you? Am I worth the trouble? Humans think the purpose of life is to serve the flesh, by tending to the appetites of fleshly desires so their life becomes one brick on top of the next, ultimately building a brick wall around their hearts. And they never learn to change their perspectives because their perceptions are dominated only by psychological observations. The truth of Buddhist teaching is manifested by members through personal stories of overcoming obstacles to happiness. Sharing such experiences builds faith. Faith builds lives and collectively those lives change society. I clearly see how much the Bible has influenced Christianity, not for its benefits, but as a doctrine utilized to institute suppression of groups whom the majority do not want in society, gays being a part of that group. Black slaves were giving the Bible to allow their souls into heaven, since their bodies dwelled in iniquity here on earth. Some backwards warped idea about slavery being necessary for blacks because we were inherently slaves all throughout history. Fortunately, I understand that I do not need to be pigeonholed to this legacy. I am intoler intolerant of people trying to assert social obedience on the vulnerable simply because they live in poverty, with blacks falling victim to the assigned roles in society while assuming their place at the back of the bus. I refuse to go home with a defeated spirit because society wants to treat me like the lowest common denominator. This frivolity toward blacks occurs when a society have lost their moral sense of humanity. They have lost their ability to feel and to see the true reality of life, which is inextricably connected to our human ties. We are all placed on this earth for a fundamental reason, and it's not to lay idle relying on old ineffective laws while never utilizing the greatness prescribed for any religion, nor, it, it, nor is it to commit social suicide by killing ties with other groups. Going back to Latin people's treatment of me, what I experienced in the Bronx, there can be no guiding religion leading to these Latin people because they're objectifying of blacks when our common struggle should unify us. I pray that I would find resolve with this brutal, awful, and gross display of disrespect toward human life. I was, however, learning that I have full control even if someone interferes with my daily flow. I don't have to give up or withdraw back to the same low state simply because my reactions are not favorable to the desired change. I'm not embarrassed how I allow Latin people to get under my skin, and it is something that I want to change about myself. 
My problems were not only with Latins, but sometimes my problems traveled with me. No matter where I am was, I could not avoid issues arising with people. I'm filled with frustrations and I never, that I never created and I never feel good toward, uh, afterwards. On one occasion, after leaving Club Stage 48, I went off on a Muslim truck driver guy on the corner of 10th Avenue and 48th Street. He was selling shish kebabs and I was hungry, so I ordered one. But then he started making comments about gay people walking past the stand. I guess he did not get the memo that he was selling near a gay club and the kids had to eat too after a drunk night of party. Let me take a break. Sorry. Mm, Starbucks. <laughs> All right. I was already in a foul mood because the security at the club confiscated my brand new bottle of Rush Poppers. And the club was charging $35 to get in the door. I realized I was being gimmicked for my money while the security treated me worse than a criminal. So I demanded my money back in poppers and started out and stormed out of the door. I made up in my mind that it was the last time a New York club would get me to pay for my own pity party. As I walked tipsy to the corner of 10th Avenue, I stopped and ordered a chicken kebab. The stand owner looked like he was from Egyptian, uh, Egyptian or Yemen. He had a lanky physique with a dirty olive complexion and a long pointy nose. He seemed to have been used to making rude offensive comments about gay people or being more than happy to take our money at the same time. He was conversating with two black security guards trying to get the guards to chime in on the gay bashing, but I was not having none of it. It infuriated me and I wanted to rip my, uh, his massive nose off his face. In a fit of rage, I slung the kebab sandwich back on his hot plate and demanded my money back. I scolded him for making such offhanded remarks and ensured him that he would not get my money again if he thought that he could openly ridicule gay people on the streets. I felt justified how I chose to rectify the situation, getting it up in his face in a heap of unwarranted rage. I was not sure why I continued to have obstacles with strangers. Maybe I was paranoid. Maybe I was over-embellishing. Maybe I was living with delusions in my head and people were not really bothering me, but I was hallucinating. Maybe I was closer to touching the iceberg to what being happy truly felt like, but I needed to stop perceiving my environment as uncontrollably against me. Maybe I was being unrealistic to think that I could go through life controlling my annoying emotions that surface. Why was it hard to yield to my pride and suppress the urge to blow up on people? Why did I have this compulsion to always be right? This fetish to win and get the upper hand over people before they got the better half of me. What purpose did it serve? The Kabbalists believe bad things happen only to those who are trapped in an illusory reality. Are we not all living in a state of illusory consciousness? Every concept of our reality has been made up, our technology and science. All human comprehension rests on the illusions we create for ourselves. What good do we then do ourselves to place our actions in a make-believe virtual world? One belief held by Buddhist philosophy is that our frame of reference is hidden in the mystic law. Aristotle theorized individuals have built-in patterns of development which help it grow toward becoming fully developed individuals of its kind. This ultimate wisdom interplays with our theories on karmic connection and cosmic forces, 
working together to ultimately bring us to a place where we conceive our change to be controlled by something greater than ourselves. But we also recognize elements of action and use this principle to help make sense of, of how we change are inherently in the unchanging laws of the cosmic universe, not limited to this notion of bread of shame that religion promulgates. The more I scrutinized my life, the closer that I come to the source of realizing that I have allowed other people's actions to affect me too much and I needed to learn not to critically scrutinize myself about how I view Latin people because it is my rage that a candle is lit to light a path leading me out of darkness and that is the finale of that chapter i thank you guys so much remember to keep your energy high smile much because it raises your vibration thank you and i'll talk to you in the next segment ta-ta